2: Big weekend for the Cardinals as they take two out of three against the Cincinnati Reds. They continue their big stretch tonight against the New York Mets and then into the weekend with three games head to head against the San Diego Padres. The wildcard race is officially heating it up, heating up, and we are going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by David Schoenfeld, ESPN's MLB writer, joining the show to talk th- about this from a national perspective. David, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today?
0: I'm good. How are you guys? I think a little better, I'm guessing, than probably the last time I talked to you guys
2: out there. <laughs> yeah, we're we're doing better. I I can't say we're great, David. The Cardinals are five and five in their last ten games, and in a lot of ways that would typically feel like, okay, you're in down the stretch run, you're in the wild card race, you're probably out of it if you're going five hundred but these other teams that are in the race with them have been even worse. What have you made of I don't even know if you want to call it a race, but uh the quest to get this final wild card spot in the National League.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. I'm looking at the standings here of these contenders. Yeah, last 10 games, Padres 4 and 6, Reds 4 and 6. Cardinals five and five, Phillies three and seven, Mets five and five. So yeah, this is not exactly a, you know, Secretariat racing man of war here, is huh. it? Um, yeah, I don't know who wants it. I, I guess maybe this just leaves open for my ultimate dream scenario, which is like a five-way tie, and we'll figure out how baseball would uh, resolve that. <laughs>
1: That might blow uh, Rob Manfred's head out of proportion if that happens. I don't know how he would handle something like that. You know, David, for me, it's so interesting with this National League and the race because you got two teams that have – in all reality, MVP candidates in Bryce Harper and Tatis Jr. I mean, you have the New York Mets when they made the move of Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor. Everyone's thinking that offense is a powerhouse. And then you got the Cardinals, which a lot of people picked them in the NL Central this year. I mean, what do you think has happened in terms of falling off the cliff for these National League teams?
0: Yeah, well, I think what you have is, you know, a league that other than the Pirates and, you know, the Cubs post-trade deadline, it's a pretty – strong league so what's that going to lead to a lot of teams kind of right around 500 um this is what happens. sometimes we had a wild card race a few years ago a few years ago in the al where seven or eight teams were alive with about two weeks to go but they were all muddled around 500 so this is what happens it's mediocrity some fans love it some fans hate it um, it certainly, I guess, it makes it interesting. It gives us a lot of stories and a lot of teams and players to talk about. So I'll take it. It's not, it's not <laughs> my favorite, but... I'll take it. At least, you know, look, we don't have a lot of division races, so I guess we got to focus on the wild cards.
2: David Schoenfeld of ESPN is our guest here on 101 ESPN. David, who do you like in this race? I mean, if you you're, you're you've got the national perspective on this, we are so close to the Cardinals that sometimes we can lose sight of what these other teams have, but from your perspective, who do you like in this race as it's I mean, it's basically a dead even heat.
0: Yeah, I'll say who I don't like. Okay. Number one is the Padres, who did they just get swept? Yeah, the Dodgers swept them over mm-hmm. the weekend. They have a bunch of games left against the Giants, who just keep on hitting and scoring runs. So, Plus, they have some pitching issues. So the Padres, even though on paper they might have the most talented and the best team, they just aren't at that level right now. So even though they're tied with the Reds, I guess, in the standings, I'm throwing them out I watch a lot of Mets out here in Connecticut. I I don't know (laughs) how they're going to do it, but then again, they win a game like last night where Lindor hits three home runs. Maybe that finally gets them going, gives them some momentum, but they got to jump over four teams. So that's a lot to ask. So, And the Phillies are kind of similar. You just, I just don't see it. Once you get past Harper and Zach Wheeler, there's not a whole lot on that team that makes you think they're a playoff team. So it looks like to me, I'm going Reds versus Cardinals. I think they're done right. Playing each other. Yeah. So I'm rambling on here. You look at the schedules could play a part. I've been saying all along, this Cardinals team maybe reminds me of 2011, right? Where they kind of just stumbled through the season and then, got hot in september not that this team's gotten hot but maybe it's one of those years where the cardinals uh find a way to squeak in
2: david i mean you say that and then people here in <laughs> st louis their ears perk up because you mentioned 2011 World Series championship yeah. <laughs> are, are you saying that they've got a chance to get in like they did in 2011 or you think they've got a shot to actually do something meaningful in the playoffs no, when they get I in i think
0: they have a shot to get in the okay. big difference that year right there was no wild card game right four teams so you you play a playoff series best of five yeah realistically could the cardinals play the dodgers and beat them in a while sure one game anything can happen and then you play what the giants you know that's a lot to ask because the giants dodgers and i think even the braves um are, are three really good teams so that would be a lot to ask but I think they could win a
1: wild card. David, big picture when you're looking at this Cardinals for the rest of this season, and look, there are still plenty of games to play, and getting into the playoffs is a reality for Cardinals fans, but what they are looking at is what next season is going to offer for this team, and when you look at this team big picture, how far away are you roster-wise? Do you feel like this team could compete for a World Series?
0: That's a good question. I mean, I think they're... (laughs) I think they're a long ways away. I mean, look, Adam Wainwright, are you going to expect him to go 15-7 and seven with a sub-3 RA you know, next year? No <laughs> way. So, you know, I assume he comes back, you know, and pitches again, but, you know, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to, you know, replace – hit, not replace him, but fill those numbers, right, you know, from, from the rest of the rotation. Um, the lineup, it's okay, right, but – Goldschmidt, Arenado, these guys are more former superstars, I would argue than current superstars. They're still really good players. but they really need a big offensive star in that lineup. And I don't know if that's Dylan Carlson or somebody else, you know, via free agency or trade, but they need a big bat and uh, another starting pitcher for sure.
2: Well, the big bats that we've been talking about all year long are the shortstops that are potentially available on the market this offseason, David. And I saw that John Heyman over the weekend said he pulled 25 MLB executives as to which of the shortstops on the free agent market this winter will get the biggest deal. 11 of them said Carlos Correa. Eight of them said Corey Seager. Two of them said some combination of a tie between Correa and Seager. Only one of them said Trevor Story. Do you agree with that assessment? Like, if if you had to project out to this offseason, how do you think those guys will rank in terms of the contracts that they get?
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think Correa is the number one guy. Um, He does have a little bit of an injury history, um, so there is some concern there. I think Trevor Story could end up being a bargain. I know he hasn't had the year that he's had the past couple, but he's still... You know and in his prime he's athletic plays defense has power i like him a lot and the guy we don't talk about who's playing second base this year for toronto is marcus simian who's having the best year of all those guys might finish you know third in the mvp voting in the al um, he could go back to shortstop i mean he has 39 home runs 30 something doubles Um, whether you want him at shortstop or second, he'd be uh, fitted either of those spots, I think, for St. Louis.
1: So I know you said Carlos Correa is going to be the big fish in the free agency. Would you be willing, David, to commit a long-term contract to a guy like Corey Seager? Because I think Cardinals fans are looking at that name. But, of course, much like Carlos Correa, has an injury history. Would you be willing to commit a lot of money and years to a player like Corey Seager with the injury?
0: You know, the problem there is I don't know how many more years – he's going to stick at shortstop. He's a big guy. He has those injuries. I think his range right now I would say is average at best, you know, but that could start declining pretty rapidly. And you guys have a pretty good third baseman, right? So, you know, I don't know if Seager is the best fit for St. Louis. That's why I think I would go Correa, Story, and Simeon uh, above um seeker for for the cardinals
2: we're talking to david schoenfeld for another couple of minutes here on 101 espn david you mentioned adam wainwright in the season that he's had he's on the mound for the cardinals tonight once again he's been unbelievable in his last 10 starts the cardinals in those 10 are nine and one overall as a team do you think he's gonna get some votes this year not to win the cy young i know he's not in that conversation but do you think he'll get consideration as a top five to ten guy this year
0: yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, the Cy Young race, probably not. Max Scherzer may now be in the lead. Uh, Corbin Burns, Walker Bueller's probably a pretty clear one, two, three in sure. some order. But then after that, yeah, Wainwright, Zach Wheeler. I mean, the one thing I like about Wainwright and Wheeler is they're both going to – get past 200 innings you know they might be the only ones in the league this year i think Bueller might do it as well but you know that that's a lot of innings in this day and age and i think you got to give a little extra credit you know for for those workhorses so yeah i think he will get some fourth and fifth place votes
2: david we talked a lot about the national league wildcard race with you you have a focus nationally other than that what's the number one thing you're watching the rest of the year is there anything in particular that you're going to be keeping an eye on
0: I mean, I hate to go to the old East Coast bias here, but uh, I am out here, so I do watch a lot of Yankees as well. Um, Suddenly, they're out of that wild card race. Mm -hmm. Toronto and Boston are tied. The Yankees are a game behind. You know, remember, this was a team that was a pretty big consensus overall favorite to come out of the AL, so... Um, they had that 13-game winning streak, and it looked like they were back on track, but they've really stumbled the last, you know, two-plus weeks, two and eight in their past 10. So if they don't make the playoffs, that opens the door. What do the Yankees do? you got to think Aaron Boone's job might be on the line, not that it's his fault. Do they have a big makeover with that roster? You know, how will a new CBA affect their payroll? You know, will they spend more next year? So the Yankees making or missing the playoffs will have a huge ripple effect to what they do in the offseason
2: he's David Schoenfeld one of the best in the business you can find his work over at ESPN.com you can follow him on Twitter at D Schoenfeld David we always appreciate the time man thanks so much for hopping out with us and helping us try to make sense of this NL wildcard wild <laughs> card race man
0: hmm. yep all right thanks for having me on thanks to absolutely